today on Laura Lynn and Friends. So this whole thing in the U.S. has been coordinated through the Department of Defense. And one of the things that they don't want is they don't want us talking about that. They don't want to talk about their, their hand in it. And, uh, you know, that's a real big deal. That's a very big deal because we need accountability not just for Anthony Fauci, but for anybody who had anything to do with this. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the beginning of the last days. We are going to have a spectacular show. Obviously, the devil's mad today because he did not want to let us on. You know that I opened my dad's Bible. I've already read it once. I'm going to have to go back to where I was. It was Psalms 36. Now I got to get back there. Um, All right. We're almost there. We're almost there. This is a good one, though. We do not want to miss this. Um, Guests today are going to be the incredible Pastor Derek Reimer. He is uh, just gotten out of jail. So we're going to talk to him. The word of God says today, delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Over in verse 22, for such as he blessed of him shall inherit the earth, and they that be cursed of him shall be cut off. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, and he delights in his way. Does that always mean that when God delights in your way, that it's easy, that it's not got a few trials and a a few difficult moments? It does not mean that. But what we are seeing in Canada is an assault on righteousness and an assault on the people of God and those who are standing, especially for the children. How can we be silent in the face of children being accosted and programmed and propagandized to accept perversion. That is the problem that we're dealing with. So there's a gentleman, his name is Pastor Derek Reimer, and he has been a courageous fighter. And of course, you may have been watching as he has faced going to jail in the last little bit. Should we uh, roll the video right now of what happened just to remind our folks? Uh, Or I'm just going to bring Pastor Reimer on and you'll have that ready. And we can... uh, Get that ready. Hi, Pastor Reimer. It is good to see you. Um, did you just get out this morning from jail? Thanks, Laura. It's great to be with you. I hope the background noise isn't too bad. I'm in no problem. Right now. Uh, just cramming interviews and getting my story out there as much as I can while I have time to do that. I got released uh, yesterday at about 4 p.m. So, like I said, just busy trying to catch up with emails and text messages. And I just appreciate the opportunity and the support. Yes. Well, we do support you. We support standing against what's happening. Um, uh, Derek, can you tell me what has caused you to really take an uncommon, very bold stand against the trans, um, you know, it's the transgender people that, and, and, and these guys that are dressed as women speaking to little kids. What has caused you to rise to a level of becoming very public about your unhappiness about this? Yeah, you know, it started back in December. I uh, attended a protest with one of these uh, grooming pervert hour events, and I just felt compelled that I needed to be there. And uh, since then, I just I had this strong calling and conviction that I, I needed to stand against this darkness and this wickedness, and I started to just plan uh, more protests. I developed a team 
uh, the Lord gave me the name Exposing Darkness, inspired by Ephesians 5.11, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. And this is Christians on the offense. Like now, like we're David's going after the Goliaths in the land. Like we're going to cut these heads off the giants, spiritually speaking. And it's time that we take action and we do something. And that's why I just want to do a call out to pastors and Christians and even any of those that have the conviction of just morality and decency against the sexualization of our children and push back against us. Call, you know, the mayor, call um, the counselors in your area, like complain, come on the front lines, join protests. But it's time that Christians that we do something. Now, Pastor Derek, you are getting worldwide support, including uh, Tucker Carlson featuring your story, featuring the fact that you are boldly standing against these people who are literally grooming little kids. I'm not certain uh, what is wrong with these parents that they do not see it, but um, you are getting support worldwide. And when Tucker Carlson begins covering a matter like this, one of the things he said, you called out to the pastors, but one of the things he said is he's not seeing a lot of support. How are you feeling? Do you have support for what you're doing? No, and I share the same sentiments. Uh, it, it's just, where, where are the pastors? Where are the Christians? We see the same small group of radical Christians on the front lines that are, that are pushing, that are protesting, that are making noise. It's not just me. Like I said, I have a team behind me and I'm just, I love everybody who's been called to this uh, just conviction and just commanded by the Lord and being obedient to that. But like, like I said, we had a little prayer um, meeting and Bible study within City Hall just earlier, just hours, and we got kicked out of there. And I, I, I'm praying, I want to encourage everybody, like we all have a role to play. We can all do something. Just like when people come to my Mission 7 ministry and feeding the homeless, if you don't feel confident preaching or praying for others just yet, like well, you can give somebody a coffee, you can give someone a, a sandwich. And even in this fight, like we all can do something. Like I encourage, like call your counselors, call your mayor, complain about this, show up to protest, uh, pray, um, donate. Like everybody has a role. And I just, I really want to encourage Like this is a big fight, a huge principality that's not just sweeping our city, but the globe. And I just feel uh, humbled by the platform that the Lord has uh, given me with this. And I just want to lift up the name of Jesus. As that's, that's why we do this. That's why we come against this. And um, I, I just want more Christians to join in this fight, in this battle. Well, we thank you for that. And a really good man once said that it, all it takes for evil to keep going is good men to do nothing. And you've decided that you're not going to do nothing. Now, last week, we had a gentleman on here, um, and he has been working with predators and pedophiles right. that are in the prison system. And many of the people that are now uh, doing this drag queen story hour have been found to have, uh, some of them have got criminal records already. They are known, uh, you know, groomers of children. They're pedophiles. Uh, some do not have a record, so to speak. But one of the things is said is how to get children interested in you and to give, you know, an audience and get near children is to dress up and be more feminine and thereby groom and pull children into what you are doing. And so that that is sort of, um, it looks like what is happening in the world. And... Uh, Derek, you've decided that you're not going to be one of those silent people. And you see that these young, innocent people, and you know what Jesus said. He said, suffer the children to come to me. But if anyone dares to harm a child, 
then it's better for them that a millstone be put around their head and throw themselves into the into the ocean because it's going to be far better you do that than that God has to deal with you and God's judgment is coming and we are losing our children to this perversion. So do you think that um, it would be, if, if we all stood against it, we could shut this down? Absolutely. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And I just believe... Like, the, God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but a power of a sound mind. Like, he doesn't give, a, give us a defeated spirit. And that's why I just totally reject and rebuke any of those. Like, what, what can you do? And what point is this getting across? Or what, what difference is this making? This is making a massive difference. And i got to say that I'm really touched and I'm inspired by Irenaeus, if I'm saying that right, an early church father. And he said, he died in the Colosseum being eaten by lions. And he said, me dying for my faith at the Colosseum is going to speak louder than me preaching in the Colosseum about Christ. And that touched my heart in such a way where it's like me suffering and, and being persecuted for this and being in jail is going to speak louder than me just rebuking a pervert story time hour. And you know, it was interesting because a friend of mine sent me that this morning. I, I saw his message and he said exactly that. You're making more of an impact being in there than just simply protesting. And like, just what a confirmation and just again an encouragement that the Lord is using this for good you know whether I'm inside outside whatever his will is for me and for all of us I just have to do my part but everybody has a role to play so um so basically a lot of people they're against this but they won't actually step out into the town square to object to it and to peacefully protest and to speak against the assault on our children. And you're saying you literally feel a call to be there, to vocalize, to protect the innocent kids. Um, and and you, you feel that God has called you to this at this hour. 100%. It's just unequivocal. And I just had a, you know, a conversation with my folks um, and just said, you know what, I know it's difficult and it's tough. And I'm sorry that you guys have to go through it, but this is what I need to do and understand my conviction, understand my heart. And I, I just got to applaud them as they're just supporting me and they're just covering me in prayer and they, and they get it. And uh, it's just it's such a time as this. We're here for such a time as this. And I just see it so clearly, like, here's the battle. Here's the mission. Here's the calling. Doesn't matter the threats. Doesn't matter. Um, the imprisonment, the fines, it doesn't matter what they come at with us. We just can't back down. We can't be afraid of it. We can't be intimidated. And uh, we're just going to trust in the Lord to give us a mighty victory. And you know what? And there is a mighty victory. i got to share this with you too, Laura, how there's been uh, four canceled drag events in about 15 days that I counted. And when I was sitting in jail, Good. and there's nothing in my jail cell. I'm in there 22 hours a day, but there's a radio. So I was listening to the news, and they were talking about how because we had another protest planned uh, this last weekend at Southwood Library. And they said how that was canceled due to what happened at Seton. And they said with Derek Farmer, <laughs> he was arrested. Excellent. And I was listening to this in my jail cell and laughing and celebrating. <laughs> like, we are making it's a worth difference. It. And even though I'm in jail, they're still shutting down these drag events. And I'm like, yes, that's just, it's worth it to me. And I'll, and I'll take a hit if I need to. So I just praise God through it all. I praise God that you're doing it as well. And not everybody feels like they can do what you do, but I just thank God for your parents and everybody pray for Derek's parents. As a parent, this would be so hard for me if my son were making a stand and I knew that he had gone to, to jail, to, to prison, and not knowing the treatment and all of that. And 
Um, that would be very hard. So we bless your parents and we thank them for the sacrifice they are making on behalf of the nation's children. Uh, Derek, I have to say, I am so shocked at parents. I don't understand the mind of a parent that thinks it's okay to put your precious child in the presence of such a perverted individual that is hanging out their fake breasts, that has got their junk showing. I don't understand what's happened to parents. Have they lost their ever-loving minds? It's just so disgusting. It's abhorrent. It's vile. And I, I'm just, you know, some people have shown me videos of other places in the world where these drag events are, are taking place. And it's, I lived a totally different life, you know, nine, 10 years ago. And it reminds me of, you know, strip clubs. They're walking the catwalk. They're, they're wearing very little um, clothing. Uh, they're, they're revealing, you know, parts of themselves in front of like babies crawling around and toddlers and then mothers are there with their kids and just laughing and clapping and enjoying it. I'm like, what is wrong with everybody? Like, how, how do you think that this is okay? And why do you want to, this is a, just clearly adult entertainment and the Bible doesn't condone it anyways, but hey, if, consen if consenting adults want to go and take this in their pubs, clubs and behind closed doors, that's their decisions. But now when you involve the innocent and you put that on them and I'm just so appalled at this and we got to take a stance. We got to do something because it's just wrong. It's evil. It's wicked. And I won't have it any longer. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think that if we stand up to it, you know, 15 years ago, you would be arresting these perverts. And if, yes. if a parent was actually taking their kids to a place like this, they would be being investigated by child services. Somehow, everyone, through the silence, because we haven't stood enough. I mean, we've been trying, but we haven't done enough because it's been going on and increasing. And because now, Derek, you're taking this stand, uh, this is very good. But I'm in shock that Canada, we're on a decline. I see evil rising. And this is an assault against Christianity. You know, Christianity is the only religion that causes you to have um, a you, you get uh, convicted by the power of the Holy Spirit to not be sinning. If you remove Christianity from a society, you do not have a stand. And that's why they're attacking us and they're attacking you. Yeah, and you know, the Bible says that any nation that forsakes the Lord turns into hell. And uh, yeah, we're going in that direction. But I really believe that you know, God's judgment, the Bible teaches that it, it can be um, postponed and it can be put off by repentance. So I just want to call, you know, the nation to repentance and just to and just forgiveness in Jesus name and just to turn from our wicked ways and just to seek uh, his righteousness and his truth. It's not just our truth and love is love and all this nonsense that we're told. No, it's, it's biblical love and it's biblical truth. And we got to come back to that place because we are we're losing our, our nation. We're, we're losing uh, our children and this next generation, my, my heart grieves for them. I have a nephew who's eight and I just see the world he's being brought up in and it's, it just bothers me tremendously what they're all exposing, what they're all taught and all indoctrinated in their schools. And are we just going to sit by and do nothing and say nothing because we might offend somebody? I don't care. I don't care who I offend. The Bible is extremely offensive. Look at Jesus's life. He's offending people almost everywhere that he goes because he's not backing down from the word of God and the truth that we have to stand on. For we must always stand on the truth. We cannot oppose the truth, but must always stand on it, the Bible says. And I'm just going in that direction. And uh, I just hope others join this fight too. 
Pastor Derek, what is it exactly that they are saying that you are being put in jail for? And what are you, are you charged at this time with something? I am charged with mischief and causing a disturbance and uh, a, a hate motivated crime has been opened up against me. Uh, the investigator that cop that came to my place is uh, is a hate crime investigator. So, uh, Gondek, it, it's not enough just with these street harassment bylaws. She knows that, so she wanted to uh, come against us with some real um, consequences and penalties, and that's why they've upped the ante. But you know what? That's okay. We expected this coming into it, and uh, we're going to continue in this regardless. I'm talking to my team, and what's up next, and what do you guys have? What are you thinking? What do you have planned? What's your strategies? I'm here. I'm not shying away from this. And uh, I'm just trusting in the Lord and he'll have his way. So, Absolutely. And so um, is there a group that is now going to begin protesting every drag queen story time, every perverted, disgusting guy hanging out his fake breasts and or stuff? Uh, is, is there a group that is going to begin and continue uh, protesting every single drag queen event. Yeah, we developed and I founded the ministry Exposing Darkness, like I mentioned earlier. So uh, with Mission 7 and Exposing Darkness, I, I work really hard that the ministry sustain themselves, whether I'm traveling or I'm in jail or wherever I'm at, that I don't want to be the glue that holds it together. And I feel very blessed that there are some really strong leaders and strong Christians within this organization that I don't need to be around for it to continue. So I'm very encouraged by that. And like I said, we're discussing strategies and, and have plans to continue on. So we we want to shut these down. And, you know, I had an interview this morning. The guy was asking me, like, well, they're they're shutting them down, they think, because of violence and threats and all this stuff. And I said, it doesn't matter to me what they think as long as they're shut down because we're not coming in there violent. And you see it in the video. I'm the one that gets thrown out. We're not coming in there threatening people. We're coming in there preaching, rebuking, and exposing. And if they're canceled, we just praise God. Right. And, um, you know, uh, being, uh, being called a hate crime, um, I just don't understand this. In times past, uh, the hate or, or the sin or the evil and the crime would be a pedophile grooming children. So we're now at a place where protecting children from deviance is now being called a hate crime. What do you say about Canada's position? It's so incredible to me of where we're at now. And I just got to speak from this perspective. And I just want to... Um... Uh-oh. He's, he's lost. All right. We're sorry, he was in a place where he had uh, limited time and who knows who's pulling the plug on his, on his, um, you know, internet. Sorry, oh, oh, he's there. Sorry if you he's lost there. me there for a sec. Yep. Yeah, there was a phone call that just interrupted. Uh, but, um, okay, continue. I, I, want, I, I want to just clarify that in jail culture, if, if uh, pedophiles are people who come in there with molestation charges, they, they get they get killed or they get beat up real badly. And I'm not advocating for that, but I'm just saying, even in prison, that's how it is. And when I'm talking about this with guys in jail, they're disgusted and they're put off and it's gross. And 
and, and that's why it's like anybody with any kind of decency knows this. I'm telling people like, you don't even have to be a Christian to get behind this movement. I mean, I'd like people to be, of course, but there's Muslims that are contacting me. Like there's like these Iraqis that are standing up against this. And now I'm just getting to the point. I'm calling on anybody and everybody who just has a conviction that this is wrong and this is evil. Okay, let's push back now. Whoever you are, I don't even care. Let's push back. And, and I'm just trying to, to stir up um, that movement in everybody. And the time is now. We, we can't wait any longer. This is disgusting and gross. The time is now. And these perverts got to stop grooming the kids. Absolutely. And you know, you're right. Uh, the Muslims, the Sikhs, the Christians, the Jews, uh, the Buddhists, uh, lots of people, you know, let's gather every nation and tribe and let's stand for at least, uh, we all disagree on so many things, but for God's yes. sake, for the love of God, can we not stand for the protection of children? This should not be the nation where our children are, are being led down this perverted path. This is disgusting and sick. And those people that are investigating hate crimes, I've got to question their character. I've got to name them and question how they think that this is okay, what's going on underneath our noses, and that we are not, we are not given permission to peacefully protest when children are being harmed. Uh, this, this is taking Canada to a whole level of evil that we don't even comprehend everyone. And this has been ushered in through our politics. This has been years of our nation being groomed by the media, being groomed by the pedophiles that have a lot of money that are actually being pedophiles in and behind the scenes. This, this is the result of a lot of work on their behalf to, to calm us down into thinking that this is something acceptable. And those deceived parents, and I'm going to have to say they're deceived because I don't, I can't, I don't have a lot of grace for a parent taking their child to this. I have to be honest. I'm going to have to go into prayer so I don't use some bad language. I don't understand a parent that would ever put these predator, strange people in front of their children. But when somebody stands up like Pastor Derek, for goodness sakes, everyone, let's get behind him. Let's stand with him. This is maybe not something that all of us feel we're called to, but for those who are called, help him out. Support his ministry. Support what he does. Make sure he's out on bail. Make sure that the bail costs are paid. Because you know what the, the evil side is doing? Oh, if anyone ever ends up in jail for any reason, they all pay their bail in a heartbeat and they're out, you know? But let's make sure that we're supporting this, that, that we're standing as a nation. And, and I'm talking to the Muslims right now, the Sikhs the Christians, the Jews, uh, all, all people from everywhere. We stand for the protection of children. And there is something innate in every one of us that knows this is pure evil. This is pure evil. Let's, this isn't even like hard to see. This is bad. So Pastor Derek, I'll give you the final word. Yeah, I just want to say the time is now. It's time to push back the evil. It's time to expose it. It's time to stand together. It's time to let our voices uh, be heard. And it's just time to do something. So let's uh, let's gather together. Let's unify and come against this perversion in Jesus' name.
Pastor Derek, we stand with you. We love you. If uh, you're going to prison, please get uh, the word out about where we can write you, support you. We're going to start prayer vigils for you. We stand for you. Thank you for standing up for the kids. And I'm sorry that you're paying such a high price, but my brother, uh, you are reaping rewards in heaven. And these drag queen story hours are just from the pit of hell. And I thank you that you would take such a strong stand. And I'm so glad that Tucker Carlson is covering your story, and I pray we'll continue to do so. Thank you, sir. Great. Thanks so much for the encouragement and having me on. God bless Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. All right. Um, please pray for him. Pray for his mom and dad, who's got to be feeling pretty bad, right, when their kid's going to jail for standing up against perversion in the nation. What happened? What happened to North America that, that we are not standing up against sin, but rather we're we're, you know, igniting sin in front of the kids. This is so wrong and so purely evil. It's not even hard to figure out. You know, some things are like, oh, I don't know, like uh, free will rights, you know, but this, this is the children. So parents, I don't know, if you've ever taken your kid to story hour, repent, never do it again. This is not fun. This is evil. They're trying to take your children. Don't let it happen. Unbelievable. We have to now go, my next guest is here, uh, the incredible attorney Thomas Renz. Uh, we we uh, are going to be talking about some stuff. We want to be respectful to YouTube and Facebook right now. We're asking you to head straight over to Rumble right away. We're starting the interview now, and we have the, the link in the description on Facebook and YouTube. All you have to do is click it. It's in the chat. And you just have to click it. It'll take you right there. If you're having trouble finding that, just go to rumble.com and do backslash Laura Lynn Thompson. You're going to find me. Google Laura Lynn Thompson Rumble, whatever it is, get there right now because we have breaking news on what's going on in North America and one of the greatest, most courageous men, most courageous attorneys in North America is about to join me now to talk about what we've already spoken about today and much, much more. So stay with us. So we'll say goodbye to YouTube. And uh, Mr. Renz, I just welcome you to the show. I thank you that you've been waiting in the background and I appreciate that you are in the fight of your life as well, fighting against uh, the godless um, decline of our nations. Yes, we are. And it's good to see you, Laura. It's been a good while. To see you. Uh, to you see know, you. it's, it's a hell of a thing. You know, I, yeah. heard, I caught the la uh, last part of your, your previous interview. And it's an interesting thing to me because uh, in, in the US, uh, there's a state senator from Oklahoma. And John Stewart uh, kind of ripped into him a little bit, and it went out on Twitter, and everybody said that, you know, Stewart ripped this guy. And what Stewart had said is, you know, how can you say uh, the drag queen story hour is a bad thing? How, what are you trying to protect kids from? And then he went on to talk about gun violence. And the, the senator, unfortunately, who I, I appreciate what he's doing, the senator has a good bills, but he just didn't, he didn't really counter that very well. And... You know, to me, Laura, it's a real simple thing. A gun is a tool. If it's used properly, it doesn't hurt anybody. If it's used improperly, it hurts people. Drag Queen Story Hour, however, can only be being done to sexualize children. There's no benefit to it. You don't call it Drag Queen Story Hour. 
you just call it story hour if you're just doing story hour. But the fact that they're focusing on the sexual aspects and then marketing it towards children indicates to me that their only purpose is to sexualize children. So what good comes from that? And my question is, why do you want to sexualize children? What kind of a pervert are you? I mean, you know, they say, well, guns kill people. No, people use misusing guns kill people. Guns also defend against, I mean, you, you know, it's a totally different issue. You can find good things and good uses for guns, but I would challenge anybody to give me a single valid positive thing that comes from sexualizing children. And I, I know that isn't what you had me on for, but I got to tell you, I mean, you. this is a very straightforward thing. If you're calling it drag queen story hour, you're calling it drag queen story hour because you're focusing on the drag queen, which is inherently about sexualization and those sorts of things. And why? Why for kids? Why? I mean, you want to do that when you're 40 years old, whatever. You want to do that to kids, there's something wrong with you. So anyways, I'm sorry. That is, I, uh, I give them my soapbox. Oh, I'm so, I just so appreciate that you weighed in on that at the end too, because we are battling this in North America, not just here in Canada. And Tucker Carlson has been covering this and I appreciate that about him. There are a few, but largely people kind of get silent. Um, I want to uh, uh, air a clip of you, sir, because uh, we just love when you speak and we love when you give the enemy a piece of your mind. And uh, we just want to show this clip before we go on. Take a look. Just group of evil monsters are hell bent on destroying this country and destroying this world and, and getting control. They are going to inject your family with gene therapies. That's what they want to do. They've made it very clear. We now see these guys, they're admitting it at the state level. They're talking to state legislatures. They're telling them all all. Uh, vaccines are going to be mRNA gene therapies. Why? Folks, why? Why do you need to change these vaccines? I thought they were working and safe and effective. Why do we need to change them? Why is it so important that gene therapy be involved in everything? Why? And I trust Big Pharma, who's lied endlessly about everything related to COVID, to control my genome. Why would I give them that control over me? That's the programming that makes you. That's the building blocks of you. mRNA changes you. It changes who you are, what you are. Folks, this is the most important segment of the show that I have done since we started. And that's saying something because we always talk about important things. Them and their desire to attack our genetics is inexplicable, but for the fact that they've already told us why, right? Klaus Schwab, the head of the World Economic Forum, has said, the fourth industrial revolution is not about changing what you do. It's about changing you. Wow. Shocking. It is. It is. The only thing more shocking than that is that Klaus Schwab's chief scientific advisor, Yuval Noah Harari, who is an Israeli, Israeli Jew. Now, he's an atheist. He's not Jewish in religion. He's Jewish in race. But uh, this guy keeps going on TV, and I don't know whether it's more shocking that he keeps getting invited back to mainstream press or to speak at places like Harvard and these other Ivy League institutions, or that he keeps getting invited back when he's talking about how much he wishes that Hitler and Stalin had the technology he does. The guy has, the guy has talked, I mean, I don't think he can give a speech without talking about uh, Hitler and Stalin. It's like he's a fan. 
you know, this guy is out there openly talking about, it. he said, Jesus Christ is fake news. God is fake news. The Bible is fake news. Humans are hackable beings. We've got to get rid of this idea of free will. Well, I, this, this guy keeps getting invited back to these mainstream areas uh, to, to essentially endorse slavery. And the fact that we're willingly allowing people like Klaus Schwab and Yuval Noah Harari to, to influence our future in the way that they're attempting to do so, I mean, to me, this is ludicrous. I, I just don't understand the logic here. Uh, I think we're facing a global threat. But instead of uh, people screaming and say, wait a second, did you just say that you, you know, if only Hitler had this technology? They're saying, hey, come back and tell us more. You know, like it's profound. This guy is sick. He's a psychopath. But, but you know, we keep inviting him back. They, Obama likes him. Zuckerberg likes him. Gates likes him. And, sure. I, you know, I think that we ought to be asking ourselves, what does that say about them? Yeah, yeah, that is for sure. And I, I think, I don't know about you, Mr. Renz, but I think that probably we're just seeing a real assault against Christianity. An atheist coming out, talking about, you know, the new the new industrial revolution, Klaus Schwab and all of his nonsense. Basically, it's an assault on the DNA, the RNA you're talking about, like changing our structure. They want to change the image of God. God made us in his image, and now they're changing everything. And they need to get rid of Christianity because Christians are the ones who are willing to die for their faith they're willing to die for what they believe in and so you can't just easily side you know go around them they have a conscience and and they actually believe they're going to be victorious because god is on our side and so they don't like the christians and that's what they're attacking well i'm going to go a step farther i'd say they hate all organized religion um now i'm a christian and obviously i'm i'm very much uh protective and defensive of my own faith uh, but I don't think these guys like any faith, whether you're Jewish, whether you're Islamic, whether you're Christian, Buddhist, Hindu, they don't like any of it. If you believe in a creator God, here's the problem, right? And this is why every communist and every Marxist and every dictator in history has always tried to do away with religion. If you believe in a creator God, then you have to believe that that God could have created you as a slave. He could have made you do whatever he wants you to do. I mean, if he can make you, he can make you do what he wants, right? So if you believe in a, a creator God, you inherently have to believe in freedom or free will. Well, these guys don't want that. They don't want any power higher than themselves. That's the nature of a dictator or a Marxist. They always want to be the highest power, the authority. Because if you believe in God, then you're accountable to God over that dictator, so they have less control. So these guys, religion is a threat to them. That's why they attack religion so much. And Christianity is a particular threat, in my opinion, because Christianity is something, yeah, there's no hate, there's no anger, there's no negative. It's, it's just peace and strength through love, right? Now, I will tell you that I am of the belief that Jesus was quite open about the, day, the fact that he said that someday you will need the sword. And I, uh, you know, I spend a lot of time smashing bad guys. That's my job. I, went, I got two little boys. I got a 10-year-old and a 12-year-old. And when we talk about dad's work, we talk about my job is to smash bad guys. I, I fight bad guys. And so when I talk about that, though, one of the things that I'm very careful to distinguish for my boys is the difference between vengeance and justice. I'll have a lot of times people talk to me about, you hate Fauci, you hate this guy. No, I don't know Fauci. I'm pretty sure I would dislike him immensely if I knew him. Probably 
probably more than that, but I don't know him. What I do know is that his actions are abhorrent beyond words and he deserves justice. And what I get fired up about is the injustice that's occurring. The injustice that's occurring for all of the people who were lied to and convinced to take a gene therapy that's changed things about them, that's probably shortened their life, lifespan dramatically, that may have made them sterile, that may have prevented them from being able to have babies. You know, these are the things that I have a real issue with. And these people need to be brought to justice so that they can pay, so that they can be held accountable for that. And that's what we do. And that's, yeah, I think that's the difference between a Christian warrior and a, uh, you know, someone that's well, your your boys anger. your boys should be so proud, and you are setting such a massive example. I see behind you, you've got the book, the same book that I love, uh, the real Anthony Fauci. And Anthony Fauci right now is in some trouble down there because, uh, you know, his role in subsidizing and funding gain of function, Rand Paul is after him in a real powerful way no. down there. Do you think we're going to see Anthony Fauci be held accountable? Uh, it's uh. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Uh, you know, the thing about Fauci is Fauci knows where the bodies are buried. Only reason he hasn't been thrown under the bus entirely at this point is because he, you know, Fauci is a crook and he's a worm, but he's not stupid. So he always made sure that he knew where the bodies were buried. Uh, that way, you know, that's why he's getting paid a hefty salary to sit, you know, somewhere and, and just not say anything. Uh, if he talks too much, he'll end up like Jeffrey Epstein. So, you know, it's a fine line for him. I don't know what's going to happen with him for sure. I think there'll be accountability, but I think that we got to get to the people who paid him off and controlled it, though. You know, one of the things that's important to me is, you know, we see all of this push and we see, uh, I, I like to say that I'm, I'm proud to have had quite a hand in this because, you know, we launched our lawsuit against Eco Health Alliance for the creation of SARS-CoV-2. And, uh, you know, we helped Andrew Huff get the word out about what he's uh, what he witnessed. And since then, you know, it's it's become a mainstream thing. Now, they won't mention our name because we're probably the most censored crew on the planet. But uh, we had a lot to do with bringing all that out. So we've had a huge impact on that. And I think that there's going to be justice. But the thing is, is right now there's a push. And this is part of the reason that we're so censored. See, we know that the Department of Defense in the United States and our U.S. intelligence agencies, they were aware of what was going on. They funded this. The funding wasn't only from Anthony Fauci. The funding was also from the DOD. And by the way, the United States Department of Defense is the one that, that contracted with all of the vaccine manufacturers in the United States to distribute these vaccines. And they did so in a way where the vaccine manufacturers couldn't be sued. So this whole thing in the U.S. has been coordinated through the Department of Defense. And one of the things that they don't want is they don't want us talking about that. They don't want to talk about their their hand in it. And, uh, you know, that's a real big deal. That's a very big deal because we need accountability, not just for Anthony Fauci, but for anybody who had anything to do with this. I don't care who you are or what your role is. If you had a hand in it, I mean, and one of the other things that I think is also super interesting that people don't realize is one of the partner companies that was given grant money on this is uh, Metabiota. Well, Metabiota works in these, these labs all over the place, but Metabiota at the time that we are alleging SARS-CoV-2 was created was partnered with EcoHealth Alliance and owned in part by Rosemont Seneca. 
Rosemont Seneca was is Hunter Biden's organization. So there's a real question that should be asked. Did Hunter Biden make money off the creation of SARS-CoV-2? Oh. Wow. They are just all in it so thick, you know, and yep. and we're finding those emails. I mean, not only what we've got on Hunter Biden's laptop that just incriminates himself and Biden, but Peter Daszak basically writing Anthony Fauci. There's one point where he writes him and says, hey, thanks for what you said on news yesterday, because they knew they had to cover up their tracks. And Anthony Fauci is the, the mouthpiece lying, lying, lying to the public. Uh and Peter Daszak basically thanking him, you know, like all of it just looks dirty. Oh, well, it's because it is dirty. I mean, you have Fauci coordinating the cover-up with uh, Lipkin and, and Daszak and uh, Farrar, who's now at the World Health Organization, so that he can cover more up. I mean, you know, this whole thing, they're trying to, they're trying to sweep as much of this under the rug as possible. Now, there's an interesting power struggle occurring right now that, you know, I've noticed because of what I do and because how much time I spend on this, but is really not very public. And it's kind of related to uh, the CCP in China and the WHO and the WEF and all these guys. You know, the, the, uh, the WHO and everybody, they're trying to, they're willing to, they seem all willing to cover up the United States DOD's role in the creation of SARS-CoV-2. Now, you got to remember we to create SARS-CoV-2 at the Wuhan lab in China, you had to transfer some very advanced genetic technology, bio, bioengineering technology. This is complicated stuff, and it had to be done there. So, you know, our Department of Defense knows when that stuff's getting transferred. Plus, they funded the grant. So when Barrick was transferring this technology over there with EcoHealth Alliance or through EcoHealth Alliance, he was doing this in a way where there's no question uh, our DOD would know about this. I mean, they, we, they took it to Wuhan, China, and a lab that's known to be tied in with the Chinese bioweapon development program. China's long been speaking about the fact that they want to use bioweapons against the U.S. So the idea that our Department of Defense and our intelligence agencies wouldn't be keeping an eye on this or know what's happening is absurd. Of course they knew. So you, you fast forward, and it looks like a real thick down to thieves. Now Farrar, who was one of the guys that was covering this creation stuff up, is at the who? Huh, that's odd, isn't it? So you see this, uh, you also see in the U.S., we passed by unanimous consent in the Senate, which nothing passes in the United States by unanimous consent. So your first clue that something's shady is if it passes by unanimous consent. Right. But we passed a bill, it's a two or three page bill, and I don't think that the that necessarily uh, Senator Holly or the guys that passed this bill realize the issue, but within that bill, it does one thing. It declassifies the origins of COVID related to the work done at Wuhan, but does not declassify one thing related to the DOD's role or any of the American company's roles. So it puts the blame pretty squarely on China. At least that's the way it's going to be spun in the media. The media is all going to be talking about, well, China, oh, we found out that they created it in Wuhan and it was Chinese and this and that. And they're going to do this. This is a pressure tactic, right? I think this is related to trying to keep China out of Taiwan and Ukraine. I think that, they're, that you're seeing a, you know, this kind of global pressure tactic. And I think you got a complicit who, 
uh, you know, complicit U.S., complicit this, just the corruption everywhere or is so mind blowing. And, you know, meanwhile, all I want is the truth. All I want us to do is to get to the truth, hold the people who did this accountable, and then let's move on. Right. But they won't do that. Instead, they got to double down because if they don't double down, if the truth comes out, well, that's a disaster for them, right? Then people might start asking why they're going to put mRNA into every vaccine. Then people might start asking about the next pandemic. Uh, they might start asking, you know, hey, why should I trust this next pandemic if, you know, the first one was so fraudulent? You know, I mean, people ask tough questions. They don't want that. So they can't hold these people accountable. Instead, what they've got to do is continue to double down, tell half truths, tell uh, half lies. Half truth is half a lie, and half a lie is a full lie. So, you know, that's what I think is common. That's where I think it is. Well, I'm so glad that you're speaking out on uh, these mRNA vaccines and that they want to, um, you know, be using them in all vaccines. You're so right. We're already seeing that world deaths are up everywhere. Excess deaths with no reason given because nobody wants to, you know, cause vaccine hesitancy, you know, God forbid. Mm -hmm. But we've got the world deaths going up. We also have a clip from Ryan Cole explaining the harms they are now finding from these vaccines. And this is very serious. And that's why we appreciate your work. I'll show you this clip. Here's again, a question that needs to be answered. And and this is uh, going to your question of myelomas and, and different lymphoid type cancer. So this is gastric mm -hmm. tissue, Dr. Park slide again out of Germany. And, and if you go to the next one now, that's all that blue, those are cancer cells. What's inside of every cancer cell? Spike protein. So again, this begs the question, yeah, yeah, exactly. What? I know. Every B cell Weird. there that's malignant has spike protein in it. And so this begs the question, why aren't my colleagues doing these same stains on unexpected cancers in young individual, any individual that has an unexpected cancer. And Kelly brought up a great point. I, as I travel and lecture and teach, countless doctors say, gosh, I had a patient five years, 10 years in remission, their cancer is stage four now. They were, they were clear right. and all of a sudden their cancer right. is back. And that goes those immune mechanisms keeping cancers in check for a lifetime. And all of us have you know, a few atypical cells every day and our immune system just goes and clears them out. That's the job of surveillance of, of our natural killer cells to poke a hole in atypical cells, throw a hand grenade in, blow them up, get, get rid of them. But what we're finding is these unusual cancers in unusual age groups and aggressive ones. And, and there are mechanisms to explain why, but we should still go back to Dr. Drew's question. I agree with him a thousand percent. Open up the data. Just share the data, tell the truth, so we can do something for the patient, and so we can figure out all these mechanisms, so we can prevent harm. First, do no harm. Primum non nocere, the oath we all took. Or help people make a, 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 a choice, you know, the informed choice. That's the part that's eating me up. I, I can't, informed consent is off the table if we don't have the data. Right, okay. and and these are these are simple these are simple laboratory findings. This is giving informed consent. Here's some risks. Here's some obviously post-injection and post-COVID. I'm not, I'm not going to you know tease it out into one or the other, but I'm seeing a lot post-injection only as well. But at the same time, informed consent. And how do you give informed consent if you don't explain all of these potential harms to the patient? Then it's not informed consent. 
So Dr. Drew, a mainstream media, has now basically, he's offered apologies that he has not been paying attention to what was really happening. And Dr. Ryan Cole, uh, we're all hearing about turbo cancers. I have a very good friend. Her husband um, had been in remission of a cancer for decades, literally. And she said, isn't it funny that, you know, now he, he just died of this cancer that was in remission suddenly, but because he wasn't, he didn't pay attention to the caution about the vaccine. And so I'm glad you have sons because now we're fighting for our next generation against these vaccines. Yeah, we absolutely are. I mean, and you know, we knew the cancer was coming. I, I've been talking about, I brought it up in uh, Senator Johnson's round table. Uh, it's been, I don't know, well over a year ago uh, where we talked about the, the increases that we saw in the DMED data. And, you know, by the way, to that day, that, day, that data, to this day, that data has never been refuted. Uh, the only thing that the Department of Defense has ever said about that data is there was a glitch and they have never even debated it under oath, not once. So, you know, these guys are just liars. They know what's going on. They've been killing our soldiers. They've been killing everybody. And this cancer thing is, is an absolute thing. Now, here's some interesting info that you may not have heard. Okay. So in the United States, the lobbyists that are are out from Pfizer and what have you, uh, they're pushing real hard. They're telling the state legislatures, because there's a couple states that are looking at banning mRNA, and they should. They should, absolutely should. They've told those states two things. First of all, every jab is going to eventually be mRNA, so you'd ban all vaccines if you do that. And second thing that they're telling them is they're telling them that they're close to having a vaccine for cancer, but it's mRNA. Now, here's the thing. We still haven't had long-term testing of mRNA. We can't have it. It's only been out a couple of years. Now we're going to come up with another new use for mRNA, a still untested drug, and the tests that we have are showing that it's absolutely horrible. Further, cancer is frequently a genetic issue, right? It's, it's frequently caused by a genetic deformation or abnormality or what have you. Well, so what happens with these gene therapy drugs? Well, they alter your genes, a genetic issue. So you've got the jab that's going to turn the cancer on, and then they're going to give you the next jab that turns the cancer off, if you believe that's how it works. And this seems like a snake oil salesman to me. Why would I trust these people? Why are we still trusting any of them? Here's the thing. They've lied every time they've opened their mouths. Masks work. Oh, we, we, COVID's killing everybody. It was never that dangerous. Early treatment doesn't work. Everything they said is a lie. Everything. Deborah Burks has been out there saying, well, we, we definitely overplayed our vaccine hand. You know, I mean, she's just openly admitted she's a liar. So why do we keep trusting liars? Why do you trust your health to someone who has admitted repeatedly that they're lying to you? This is beyond me. And now we're not only trusting our health, we're trusting them with the building blocks of humanity. Let's, well, yeah, I'm going to let them screw up my genes. Are you kidding me? How do you fix that, right? How do you fix your genes being changed? You know, and, and do you trust that this that reverse transcriptase isn't happening? I'll bet money to reverse, reverse transcriptase, by the way, for anybody that doesn't know, is these mRNA packets are supposed to go in there and do their thing, and then, you know, that's it. And they're not supposed to change the programming that makes you you. But there's been, there's been plenty of testing and plenty of theories out there 
that through a process called re reverse transcriptase that these mRNA packets actually reprogram your DNA. Now, they've proven that in vitro, which means in a, in a test tube, but they haven't proven it in vivo, which means in life. Uh, that said, I would bet any amount of money you want to bet that it's happening. So, you know, even without proof, there's, there's sufficient evidence to suggest that we should be testing this. Would you take that risk? Are you going to trust these people with your life? Because after you've been reprogrammed, after your genes have been reprogrammed, your genetics have been changed, what are you going to do to fix that? How are you going to, I mean, you can't take two aspirins on that one, right? You're going to live with those genetic abnormalities for the rest of your life unless you trust the same people who caused them to develop a cure. Because the only way to unprogram it is to, is to unprogram it, right? 100%. And th this leads us to feel very unsafe and why PTSD has, you know, come across uh, in entire North America, because actually a lot of people weren't afraid of COVID. You know, many of us just wanted to get it. It took me two years trying very hard to get COVID. And then it was a nothing burger for me and my family. But of course, it hit some people a little bit harder, and especially the elderly should have been protected. But in the end, we've got Anthony Fauci saying, uh, you know, this was, a, a, you know, pretty much like a, you know, a bad flu season and deaths, yeah. meanwhile, uh, skyrocketing. And we don't feel safe. Um, now, Mr. Renz, you're on the cutting edge of being able to take the law and apply it. Um, but we have a justice system that's pretty concerning Definitely here in Canada, where our prime minister seems to have a thumb on every single judge and justice area that there is. So I don't know what you're seeing in the States, but but we certainly need some kind of upheaval and turnaround. Well, you know, I mean, God bless you to my brothers and sisters up north. Uh, I mean, I'm going to tell you up north, and I'm quite sincere in this. This applies in the United States, too. Ultimately, the only thing tyrants fear are the people. Your truckers had it right. They just needed it to triple down. That needed to be five times that size. It needed to be 100 times that size. And you got to understand something. These globalist monsters who are pushing this, as the truth comes out, they don't go back to their billions. Can you imagine if there was a headline? Pick your, your, your big news outlet. It said, Fauci lied, people died. Millions now concerned with early death from these vaccines. That would, that would rock this world. People would demand. And that should be. That should be a title. Well, it should be. <laughs> yeah. It should be, and we're working towards it. But here's the thing. The people who are promoting this, the Justin Trudeaus of this world, know they don't get to go back to their cushy, happy lifestyle when it comes out that they promoted what's going to be one of the largest kill-offs in human history. This is going to be a disaster, and they know it, so they're all in. You've got to understand that we the people, whether they be we the people of the United States, we the people of Canada, or how about just we the people of humanity, we are going to have to gather together, and we have to understand that we're facing evil. Our leadership is corrupt, but it's small. You know, the thing about tyrants is they don't share power, so it's not a broad thing. There's a handful of crooks in every country, and we just need to take them out. We need to make sure that they have been neutralized where they cannot be in power anymore, whether it's, you know, in some countries we have elections, some country, countries we have appointments. 
We just need to peacefully but forcefully get these guys out of office. And, uh, you know, as far as the justice system, you've got to understand, I think in the United States, what we've seen mostly is there was a healthy dose of skepticism about our first cases. And it's because the courts just, they couldn't wrap their head around the fact that these guys uh, that, that they consider, you know, their peers or co-workers at the federal government were lying and killing them. And there's a lot of that still. Now, I will tell you, we just saw in Arizona in the United States, very, very incredible evidence about corruption in the judiciary. And I'm sure that we have some corrupt judges. You always do. I mean, there's corruption in every field everywhere. We and I'm, you know, the judges in the United States, no difference. I'm sure there's some serious issues. And we do need to root that out. But I'm going to tell you that I think that just as important as that is getting enough people to be real awake to the truth that these judges don't look at it. There are some some good judges. You know, we've got guys like Clarence Thomas on the bench in the, in the Supreme Court that are good judges, you know, that that they just need to understand that they've been lied to. You know, Chief Justice John Roberts here in the United States, he was lied to. I can tell you that because Chief Justice John Roberts in the South Bay Pentecostal case cited the number of dead from COVID. And he said from COVID in that ruling. The problem was is that that number was not from COVID. It was with COVID because he was lied to. He was misled into believing that that was how many died from COVID when it was how many died with COVID because they had changed the death count for COVID. He wasn't told that this was an apples to oranges comparison. They've lied to our justice system. So where we have good justices, even they've been lied to. I mean, in the in the U.S. case, the OSHA case, it was is yeah. We saw uh, Justice Sotomayor and Justice Breyer both citing facts and figures that were absolutely ludicrous, but they've been lied to. You know, when the judges are getting lied to, when perjury is occurring at that level, that's a real problem. That's a real problem. But who's going to hold them to account? I mean, one in the U.S., who's going to hold them to account? Our corrupt DOJ? I mean, that isn't going to happen. And in Canada, who's going to do it? I mean, you're, you're, you guys are as corrupt it's as we are. Worse. Or worse. Yeah. Worse, I, I believe. Yeah. Wow. Um, thank God for the system that you do have and some men of righteous background and righteous justice that is in their DNA that are standing for the people of the United States. And uh, we look at Rand Paul and different ones, um, those that are, are fighting, and we, we wish that we had those here, but instead we have governments that are literally quite like each other. We have a, you know, our, our Republicans, I guess, would be like the Conservative Party of Canada, but they might as well be Democrats. And I know you're facing that kind of thing as well down there, the rhinos yeah. and what's going on. Are you able to comment on uh, this recent release of a lot of footage that Tucker Carlson has gained uh, with respect to the J6 um, situation? Yeah, I absolutely can. Yeah. Uh, you see, here's what's happened, Laura, is in the United States, and abroad. So I start out, you know, I mean, you know, my story, I've been here, I've told you, you know, I'm nobody from old town, and I'm just fighting. And all I wanted when I started this fight was freedom. Like, I just wanted to end these lockdowns. So the fight escalates, and we start looking into things, we start looking, oh, these vaccines, well, we need to look into those. And it escalates. And you know, we start seeing the World Health Organization, where did it come from? How did all this happen? Everywhere I look, I see corruption. So 
this has been three years of nonstop investigating. And I'm, the reason that I can talk to you about January 6th is because after three years of nonstop, 24-7 working on this, I can tell you that I've followed the money. And when I've followed the money and followed the trail of corruption, what I've seen, and this applies to Canada as much as to the U.S., it also applies to most of Europe and most of, just everywhere. When you follow the money, you'll see that it always leads to the same group of people. There's a group of people that are always behind it. And in the United States, same sort of thing. Now, the, the, there's different levels. Uh, you know, different people control different things in different country, countries. You know, like I said, you guys, Trudeau is one of the most crooked monsters I've ever seen on the planet. Yes. But uh, here in the States, what we got is we've got a lot of people who are very much uh, part of the problem. Well, if our Department of Defense and uh, our intelligence agency, all these guys were involved with the creation of SARS-CoV-2, and if Hunter Biden's making money off of it, well, you know, there were people that were aware and there were people that facilitated and there were people who are now trying to cover their rear on it. Well, they just happened to be the same people covering their rear and making up lies about January 6th. In this country, uh, there's a lot of fear from these leftists and these monsters. They don't want to see a Donald Trump presidency again. Whether anybody likes Donald Trump or not is less relevant to me than the fact that Donald Trump did cause a lot of problems for globalist plans. Uh, you know, he really caused a, a lot of trouble because the guy's got enough money that you can't buy him off. He doesn't care. He's just doing what he thinks is right. And uh, I appreciate that very much. Now, we got to get him right on the vaccines, but I, I'm hopeful that that's going to happen. I did see um, one interview with him, um, Mr. Renz. I did see Donald Trump say out loud, uh, he said, well, and these vaccines, they haven't worked. I mean, it hasn't worked. It's, it's, it's been a disaster. He said something like that to, to the woman that was interviewing him. And I went, thank you, God. You know, he is getting that message. Well, we're, we're working very hard because a lot of us, there's a lot of people that believe in him and believe, yes. and I'll tell you my opinion on it is real simple. Please. Uh, he's been lied to. And people say, how could he be lied to? He's got to know by now. You've got to understand Donald Trump, if you're Donald Trump, if you're a former president of the United States, you have to be on top of so many issues. You can't follow any one issue. You have to have your advisors brief you. Do you think he's got the time to read a thousand page report? Hell no. You want to, you want to, Donald Trump has to trust the people who are briefing him on these various issues and make decisions in a heartbeat. That's the nature of being a president. Now you set the, you set the tone, you set the lid, but you can only set it based on what you know. And if the people are lying to you, and that's what I think has happened because it's been very hard to get information to the president. And uh, so I said, but anyways, that aside on January 6th, what's happened is, is they couldn't allow a Trump presidency, and they had stolen an election, okay? So I didn't get into the election stuff in 2020 in the U.S. because I just didn't have time. I was fighting COVID. And, You're only one you man. Know, I, I am. I, I'm just, and, you know, just, just one guy. So, you know, I didn't have time to get into it, but I've looked into it a lot recently because I got to the, this follow the money thing, and then I started looking into Arizona. And, you know, we have in Arizona in the United States, we have Carrie Lake. The corruption in that election is mind-blowing. She won that, and the judiciary has to be corrupt or just the worst judges on the planet. It's inexcusable what's occurred there. But uh, these guys, 
as I looked into this, I'm like, you know, these are a lot of the same claims that Trump made in 2020. So then I look at 2020 and it's like, well, I mean, Trump had a point. I mean, he has the same claims. But here's the thing. We, we never even heard the evidence in any cases on 2020. The courts threw it out without ever even hearing the evidence. Now, some cases were really bad. Some were better. Uh, but they didn't even in that serious of a thing hear the evidence. So they covered up the evidence. They covered up everything on the elections. Well, the people then, the people, we the people are not stupid, right? We hear things. We see things. It may look like, if it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, we all think it's probably a duck. So you see Joe Biden can get, you know, maybe three or 400 people shows up at a, at a you know, election event prior to being elected. And you see Donald Trump has, you know, 20 mile lines and 50,000 people at his events. Biden can't fill up a, a high school stadium. Donald Trump, you can't get standing room in, in a rock stadium. So when Donald Trump loses and, and Joe Biden, the, the least impressive guy on the planet, gets more votes than even Barack Obama. And Obama. People are like, this is nonsense. Come on. Well, what do we do? We exercise our right as Americans to peaceably assemble in D.C. At that point, they wanted to send an, a message to Americans. They wanted to say, you can't do this. Who are you to question our authority? Because our civil servants have forgotten who they work for. Our elected officials have forgotten who they look for. Uh, no better example of that could be given than Chuck Schumer, our senator, uh, today, uh, he was on a tirade on uh, that it's posted. I, I posted it on Twitter uh, about the fact that uh, the, these these horrible rioters, you know, that got in there were within 30 feet of him. Yeah, well, I know Chuck Schumer. You wouldn't want to be within 30 feet of we the people. That clearly, you you Chuck Jesus Christ Schumer do not want to be surrounded by we the people. So, you know, this whole thing was really, to me, more about a message. We've also seen these new tapes. These guys got, they got ushered around. They got a tour of the place. Everything about January 6th was a lie. It was, a, it was, to, it was done for two reasons. They wanted to say we the people cannot, cannot question the authority of the government. And also they wanted to make sure Donald Trump didn't have any, they wanted to use it against Donald Trump. Praise God. Truth is starting to win out on that. You bet. And just to show how exactly right you are, let us just run this brief clip to uh, shore up exactly what you're saying, Mr. Renz. We're going to begin tonight with footage that shows you what was actually happening inside the Capitol. The footage does not show an insurrection or a riot in progress. Instead, it shows police escorting protesters through the building, including the now infamous QAnon shaman. Watch. <laughs> These are the pictures you've seen of January 6th. They're familiar because they've been playing on a loop on every media outlet in America for the last two years. There's a reason for that. But it turns out there's quite a bit of video you haven't seen. And that video tells a very different story about what happened on January 6th. More than 40,000 hours of surveillance footage from in and around the Capitol have been withheld from the public. And once you see the video, you'll understand why. Taken as a whole, the video record does not support the claim that January 6th was an insurrection. In fact, it demolishes that claim. And that's exactly why the Democratic Party and its allies in the media prevented you from seeing it. By controlling the images you were allowed to view from January 6th, they controlled how the public understood that day. They could lie about what happened 
and you would never know the difference. Those lies had a purpose. They created a pretext for a federal crackdown on opponents of the Uniparty in Washington. Our office wanted to ensure that there was shock and awe that we could charge as many people as possible. The first thing you notice from viewing the full video record of January 6th is just how many people entered the Capitol building that day. Hundreds and hundreds of people, possibly thousands, over the course of about two hours. The crowd was enormous. A small percentage of them were hooligans. They committed vandalism. You've seen their pictures again and again. But the overwhelming majority weren't. They were peaceful. They were orderly and meek. These were not insurrectionists. They were sightseers. Footage from inside the Capitol overturns the story you've heard about January 6th. Protesters queue up in neat little lines. They give each other tours outside the speaker's office. They take cheerful selfies and they smile. They're not destroying the Capitol. They obviously revere the Capitol. They're there because they believe the election was stolen from them. They believe in the system. Now, just before I get your reaction to that, uh, now we have documentary maker Ken Burns reacting on CNN to what Tucker put out. DeSantis and others are doing limit our ability to understand who we are and are not inclusive. They're exclusive. They're, they're narrowing the focus of what is and isn't American history. It's terrifying. It feels like a Soviet system or, you know, the way the Nazis would build a Potemkin village. Tucker Carlson's doing the same thing with the footage from 1-6. Uh, it's just uh, a, a kind of rewriting of history at the most dangerous level. It's a it's, it's huge threat to our republic. And he's even wrong about his facts. He just said about who built the village. It was the Russians. But um, so we're in a war, an information war right now. Well, I mean, listen, the thing that's hard for people to understand is when these guys lie, they don't lie a little bit. It's not a little white lie. It is literally 100% opposite. You know, he's talking about, he is accusing Tucker Carlson of doing exactly what they do. I mean, they're, they're just literally, these people have no ethics. But, you know, that's not a surprise. A lot of these people are atheists. Why would an atheist have an issue with lying? And what could be more effective than to do something rotten and say the other person's doing it? I mean, listen, you can see what happened there. Now, what I'd like to know is I'd like to know how many of the vandals were people who uh, were FBI plants, because we know there were a lot of those. What I'd like to do is I'd like to see, you know, Chuck Schumer said that he was terrified of these, these horrible rioters 30 feet from him. So Tucker's got the video. I'd like him to look up and see just how violent those people were. I'll bet you it was terrifying. I'm, I'm sure, uh, you know, they probably <laughs> want to Epps. shake his hand and get a selfie. Yeah. Right, right. You know, Ray Epps, I mean, the whole thing, everything about this was fraud. And, you know, these guys accuse us of what they're doing all the time. And they do it because what they're doing is so horrendous. They know that people react to it. Uh, you know, listen, the, these monsters, this is why your show is important. This is why I do so much media. You know, when I started, I talked about lawfare versus law. Lawfare is legal political PR. If we do not educate the people, nothing else I do will matter. We have to have shows like this that are sharing the truth. In fact, I'm gonna tell you that we have, and I can't share this, so I don't, I, I'm gonna qualify this by saying you can trust me on this or you cannot. I can't share my sources on this. But I can tell you that we've gotten information that the, the people that we're fighting, you know, they've kind of done, uh, 
an analysis. What's gone well with COVID? What's gone badly with COVID? You know, why couldn't we get everybody to get the death jab? Why could, why didn't everybody believe us? And one of the things that they've they've identified is shows like this, the the PR aspect, the education aspect, us teaching the public the truth and sharing because it's very cheap and very easy to tell the truth, but it's expensive to convince people of a lie that they're seeing with their own eyes. So what's happened is, is now, and you can take my word on this or not, again, I can't burn sources on this, but I can tell you that the next step is over the next couple of years, you're going to see a very, very, very big war on censorship. The war on censorship, the attacks, the attempts, you know, as censored as we are, it's going to get worse. And it's going to be a matter of us fighting back. You're going to see Google taking some massive steps. You're going to see, and you know, everybody knows about the social media censorship, but it's going to be far worse on places like Google that have more power and more authority, but are less easy to recognize. Uh, you're going to see it, it, things like, for example, I found out this week that if you go to my website, tomrens.com, that some people who are having their antivirus software tell them that the site's not secure. Don't go there. You'll get a virus. That's a lie. It's a lie that they're doing to try and blacklist me to, to keep traffic down. You know, I also found that uh, my I have a Substack, right? I found that people paid subscribers to my Substack, people who are registered. They, it's a paid subscription. The, the Substack is going in Yahoo. I've got reports from Yahoo Mail, from Outlook Mail, from Gmail, and from certain Apple phones that uh, even though they're paid subscribers, it's going straight to their junk box when I send out a Substack because they don't want you to know what I'm sending out. They don't want people to have this information. The greatest threat to tyranny is truth because with truth, we the people stand. And that's what we need. I think we need to look to, uh, the, there is no greater uh, example for, I think, what we need to do than Rosa Parks. I love what Rosa Parks did. I think about the courage that woman had to stay seated in that bus in an environment like she had. That's what we need. Every American, Canadian, every human, every human to do. We all have to unite under the banner of freedom and reject this tyranny and get these scumbags out, hold them accountable under the rule of law. And uh, whether it's whether it's January 6th, whether it's COVID, the vaccines, Trudeau, I mean, you name it, they all need to be held accountable. We need a global Nuremberg. The, the way that that happens is we have to pass legislation, uh, which only happens when we, the people, absolutely demand it. Wow. Uh, you know, you're so uh, inspiring, and yet I heed your warning, and I hear what you're saying. This is what we're battling as well as we keep getting shut down, like platform to platform, and then you think that you have a safe platform, but all of a sudden you've kind of got trouble with that kind of getting out. And you're right, um, Google, I mean, you can't find the truth. Even if you Google something, you can't get to the real truth. you got to go 50 pages in. They've hidden it yep. below all the propaganda, and... Uh, so I think that we, we've got a real fight on our hands, don't we? We've got to find ways. We have to invest in ways because without knowledge, the people perish. Imagine if we couldn't get your information out, if we couldn't highlight what you're doing. And so 
that's why we do what we do actually here. And we're unhirable. I am completely unhirable. I cannot get a normal job because of what I've talked about, because of what they've called me in the paper falsely. Uh, and so you go, what? Yeah. I'm doubling down. This is it. I'm going for broke here. And we're, we're not going to shut up until we see victory no. in the name of the truth. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'll die on this hill if I gotta. I don't want to, but I will. I mean, I won't hesitate. I'll just tell you. It's freedom or bust. It's just that simple. And, uh, you know, when I look at this stuff, my kids deserve a better future than this. I mean, right now our kids are, they're, the future is not looking too bright. So we either, we either stand, we come together as humans, as, as people, not black people, not white people, not green people. Not just Christians, not just Muslims, not just Jews. We either come to pe- come together as people who believe and will stand together for the freedom to live our lives as we choose, or we don't. And if we don't, there is no freedom. The one thing that people all over the world used to be able to agree on, but especially in the United States and, and in Canada, you know, I may not like what you have to say, but we're free, so you can say it. You can do it. I don't like how you're living. I wouldn't live that way, but you have the freedom to do it. And that's the way it needs to be. And they the are not protection. giving us that right, are they? Like, it's all oh, no. its all about what they think. They're such narcissists, really, on the left, and they just cannot accept an alternate opinion and certainly not a Christian, godly, religious perspective. Well, that's it. I mean, you're fine as long as you believe their way. Right. But if you don't believe their way, you know, it's interesting. Um, let's take gay marriage, right? So gay marriage is one as a topic that, you know, listen, you got two people, they're gay, they're together for 40 years. You call it marriage, you call it whatever you want. I don't care. But here's the thing. I have to, the left tells me that I have to accept and they actually want me to embrace gay marriage. Okay. Well, I don't have a big issue with it. But here's the problem. At the same time, if I tell them, hey, my wife and I have a very traditional marriage and we choose to do this, well, we're looked down on for that, right? I mean, that's no good. What? You mean you're traditional? See, so like I'm a male. I'm toxically masculine, according to the left, right? There's a problem with me being a normal, just male, right? Now, if I was a trans, whatever, something non-binary, I don't even know what that means. But, uh, you know, if I was whatever adjective you wanted to use to describe me, well, that's fine. But, you know, you you can't be me. So there's there's definitely a war on me. At least you're a girl, so you got that. Well, I I assume you identify as a girl. I joke about it all the time because it's like, (laughs) I I, uh, it's like, I mean, give me. But what, I you don't identify think a as a more beautiful woman, and I would like some of those free no. operations to make all yeah. of that happen. But nobody's well, listening. There's not enough surgery on the world for my face. It ain't going to do any good. <laughs> but you know, the thing at the end of the day is, I'm okay with who I am. But I'm not supposed to be like these guys can rip on everything in the world that I am, but I'm supposed to accept no matter how screwed up it is that they're doing things, right? I'm supposed to I'm supposed to have some dude with a beard walk up to me wearing a dress and say you're a girl. Are you kidding me? I mean, listen, if you want to do that, that's fine. I'm not playing pretend with you. You don't look like a girl to me, so you, whatever, you can do that. But th- this is the thing. It's a double standard, right? It's okay yes. for them 
to live however they want. And we're not supposed to say anything, but we get judged for how we want to live. If you want to live with traditional values or culture or anything else, you're supposed to be judged. I don't care how you live. Just keep it out of my face. You do you, I'll do me. If you can accept yourself and how you're living, more power to you. I've long since accepted how I live and how I do things. And I don't care whether you like it or not, but they think they're going to get me to apologize. And this is why I fight because I am not going to apologize for being a normal, straight, toxically masculine dude any more than I would ask uh, someone else to apologize for not being that. I don't care if you're not like me, but I ain't going to apologize for who I am. I'm okay. And I'm, you know, I'm not going to get a gene therapy jab. I like my genetics. I'm not going to uh, capitulate and say that it's okay to have drag queen story hour, because if you put a pervert around my kid like that, I'm going to probably take his head off. Uh, This is not okay. And I'm willing to stand for the things that I believe in and have every right to. If you want to do something stupid in your life, or you want to do something different in your life, or you want to do something I don't understand in your life, by all means, I believe in freedom. But please don't try and take mine away because that isn't going to happen. That's where I draw the line. And that is the basis of everything that you fight for. And we are so grateful that you fight for it. Mr. Thomas Renz, uh, a true courageous attorney standing up for all of us, even us in Canada. I have a large U.S. following that's growing every day. And I just thank you for what you're doing uh, we are just giving you a silent ovation, uh, standing ovation over the airwaves. And uh, we appreciate, we like your toxic masculinity and please don't change and don't change for us because we like you just the way you are. Don't change for anybody. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you for taking time with us. We'll see you again. Thank you. Thank you. I love that guy. That is a great guy. And uh, I've been there in person when he's been speaking uh, down in the United States of America. He stands up. He speaks in front of uh, very prestigious men on the globe. He does it with courage. And we all need to be doing a little bit more of that. So this this gives us um, a lot of cause to think about what is going on. And I don't know. I just think outside of these drag queen places, like you have to have big signs saying, why are you doing this to your kids? We have to draw attention actually to who is, who is going along with all of this. These, these drag queens uh, need to get their, you know, some help from some professionals. But how are parents succumbing to this? We have been propagandized. We have been silent and we need to be silent no more. So JT, um, we have a couple of things. We have a town councillor. Well, concerning, should we do run the uh, nurse who's coming out about these vaccines? Uh, would that be a good one to go to? Yeah, I'll give you a second. And we've got just a few things to run through. I just want to tell you that we do this because we love real information and we've given up everything. We don't have other careers. Uh, we don't have the opportunity. We do this because God has called us to tell the truth at this hour and we are unapologetic about our stand and what we believe. And we will not cower to those who think that their way is right, especially when it is wrong. And anytime you'd like to support us, please just write this down, lauralyn.tv. That's it, L-A-U-R-A-L-Y-N-N.tv. Go there, opportunity, every which way to donate, to help us to do what we do is all there. Believe me, it means more than you know, whatever amount, large or small, that you can give us means so much. 
Let's have a look at this nurse. When they first started with COVID, I did that COVID unit on and off the whole time till they fired me in June, right? They started the first two months with hydroxychloroquine. They actually used it in the hospital. Then they cut it back real quick, switched it to remdesivir and all these other expensive drugs. And we're like, why? And we would ask these doctors, no one could give us a reason. They just said, well, the hospital policy changed, but they didn't know why. And you know, most of those doctors in that hospital would not even go in those COVID rooms. There was maybe two that would. They would stand outside, make us dress up head to toe and go in with an iPad. So the only form of communication those doctors would have at Houston Methodist with the COVID patients was through an iPad. So literally we'd go in there, they'd be talking to them, never assess the lungs, never look at them, nothing, go to discharge them. I would come back out and be like, no, have you listened to them? They can't breathe. Like the wheezing's horrible. They had no clue. They weren't even looking at that right before I got fired. And I tried the right way. I didn't go to the media at first. I actually had a meeting with my CEO and CNO at Methodist in Baytown, David Bernard and Becky Chalupa. They caught me going around with my little petition to say, you know, if people agreed with our stance, not to force us against our will. Somebody told them I was doing that. They called me into this meeting where they sat me down, they threatened me, they told me I had to stop. They could fire me over this because I was soliciting. And I told them, I said, well, what if I went to other hospitals? What do you think they would say? He looked me in the face and I said, and he said, I strongly advise you against that. And he even told me 100% compliance was more important than my individual autonomy as a nurse. And that is a huge, huge slap in the face. So I've seen text messages, I've seen emails where Methodist Hospital threaten their doctors. You cannot sign medical exemptions. You cannot talk about, you cannot report adverse reactions to these vaccines. And then if you do, and if somebody was actually brave enough to do that on writing, there were other people higher up to erase those. Those were not to be allowed on record. I have the proof and I have the people that have shown me these things. God bless that woman. So what has happened to our medical establishment? We are hearing from all the doctors in Canada, Dr. Mackis, Dr. Paul Alexander, Dr. Hodkinson, Dr. Hoff, uh, Dr. Um, uh, uh, well, yes, Dr. Shoemaker, yeah, Patrick Phillips, and I'm thinking of one other guy. Uh, but in any case, doctor after doctor after doctor saying that we have got a problem with our medical system, that when you try to bring the, the truth, you are getting silenced. And this dear woman is from Houston, and she's literally trying to save lives in the hospital and get the reports out about vaccine injury. We have deaths across the world skyrocketing. We have people dying suddenly in record numbers. We have Dr. Mackis has come out with his list of 96, I bet it's over 100 by today, of children that have died literally in this last month because right after they've gotten the shot, they're vaccinated. No reason for them to be harmed. They don't, they don't even have a risk from COVID. And yet all of our establishment, Dr. Bonnie Henry, you are a fraud and a deceiver. And now you have colluded with Dr. Dina Henshaw coming to our British Columbia. You guys will have your day. And if it is, God forbid, not on this planet, 
Not when you are alive. It will be on judgment day for what you have done. And if you don't have fear in your heart, a healthy fear of God, that's on you because God is watching and you have harmed people and you have harmed our senior citizens and you have been silent when you know the truth. Same with you, Dr. Teresa Tam, and your soulless, godless being. It will not always be well for you. Not at all. So let's go now to a town counselor. Uh, Anne Tessier is her name in West Nipissing, Ontario, Canada, Sturgeon Falls. Um, She issues a, can you believe this? This is amazing. A heartfelt apology for mandates. Unbelievable. A town counselor. Take a look. So I want to take a moment to acknowledge that this policy caused a lot of unnecessary harm and animosity within our workforce and community. I believe that this policy was mistakenly adopted 12 months ago. The general population knows that today that that the COVID vaccine doesn't stop the spread of the virus. 12 months ago, the Municipal Council was well aware that the spread did not correlate with vaccination status prior to this policy being adopted. Uh, A constituent had presented to Council the Public Health Ontario data showing that that by January 2022, there were equally equally or more cases reported per capita in vaccinated people versus unvaccinated people. Unfortunately, the outcome of the vote from the Municipal Council resulted in the implementation of this punitive policy. With all my heart, I extend my apologies to those who were affected negatively by this policy, and I hope that as a municipality and a community, we can move forward. Thank you. Wow. God bless you, ma'am, and God sees you, and thank you for your repentance for what you and many of your colleagues have brought on humanity in Canada. Now, this is a shocking website here. Public health no longer advising boosters for most Canadian adults. What? The safe and effective vaccines, the boosters? Not advising them. Interesting. Canada's vaccine advisory says many Canadians should not inject a COVID-19 booster this spring. In a Friday statement, the National Advisory Committee on Immunization recommended spring booster shots exclusively to at-risk groups, including those over the age of 80. Yes, because it's really helped those over the age of 80. So you're still sickos and evil for still promoting it to those over the age of 80 and those who are immunocompromised. So you know what? Um, appreciate True North's work always uh, bringing us uh, some really great information that, uh, you know, c- kind of, uh, well, it's usually bad stuff, but that is very positive. I, I hope a lot of people are listening to them. FEA 23-year-old woman from Dawson Creek, B.C., has been uh, murdered while on her dream vacation in Mexico with her boyfriend. And so... What is going on with that? Okay, I will. I'm just pulling it up. A BC woman killed in Mexico in suspected femicide. So what does that mean, JT? What are they talking? What is femicide? Murder of a woman. Femicide. 
So our language is once again, right here, ladies and gentlemen, on our show, you have seen, have, has anyone else seen this word? Have you ever seen this word? And, and my husband is an avid reader. Like he, he just reads everything. And so a suspected femicide. Mm. All right. Well, we pray for her family and uh, very, very sad about that. I hope that this is a one-off and not going on a lot. I know a lot of people go to Mexico and love to, um, love to vacation there. She was on a vacation with her boyfriend. It was supposed to be a dream trip. She didn't, uh, shouldn't have lost her life at the age of 23. Very sad. Kevin O'Leary, we have a video here. Uh, he destroys Justin Trudeau, calling him the absolute worst. He's we been need a to very, very successful politician, no matter how you look at it, just in his tenure, how long he's lasted. He, in my view, is the worst manager Canada has ever had. The worst. The absolute worst. There is no one as bad as he's been. And I don't mean that with any disrespect. He's just a terrible manager. He's completely unqualified to be the CEO of Canada, which is what the Prime Minister is. It's so important that he is gone. We need to thank him for his service. And I do not disrespect him or his office, but it's very important that he is gone. Very, very important for Canadians. We are the richest country on earth run by idiots. And I don't mean Trudeau is an idiot. I'm just saying categorically the worst management <laughs> everywhere. And it's got to change. He has to step down. He should do it on his own, but the, the electoral system will do it for him. The worst manager. And just in case you didn't get it, he is the worst, worst manager Canada's ever had. <laughs> we got it. And we're right with you there, uh, Mr. O'Leary. So have you all noticed that the news is turning against Mr. Trudeau? Um, I just had word yesterday from somebody, their younger kids, you know, uh, you know, sort of in their uh, early 30s, had voted for Mr. Trudeau. And these guys are like not down with him anymore. They're kind of, you know, in that uh, little bit of that woke generation, but they feel that Mr. Trudeau has failed our nation immeasurably. And so his group is turning on him. The young people are turning on him. The news is turning on him. The National Post is uh, reporting very negative things about him. People have had it up to here. You have overstayed your welcome. And I do know that it only takes one day where God, with one flick of his pinky finger, removes that man. Unfortunately, we have many evil men and women in line to replace him. Nonetheless, it will be a lesson to that Haman that he cannot come against the country, this country dedicated to God under the sovereignty and rulership of God. That is enshrined, whether Mr. Trudeau honored it or not into our Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Now, he violated it. He violated us, continues to violate us. However, under the sovereignty of God, he will not get away with it. It will just take one bad day. It will take one turn. It will take God's literally turning, God turning the hearts of men against him. And public opinion will be so great that he will have to leave. 
I'm beginning to sense that's getting closer. We have seen scandal after scandal after scandal. And I, I kind of felt in my heart like this guy's, this dude is invincible. He just keeps getting away with crime. We heard uh, Thomas Renz today, attorney Thomas Renz. He knows crime when he sees it. He knows our prime minister is corrupt beyond belief. And for that prime minister, should he ever be so misfortunate as to see this show, I pray that he understands. You have not only sinned against Canadians, you have sinned against God. And Trudeau was raised with some understanding of our Jesus, and he has truly rejected him. And he has sold his soul for mammon, money, for power, and in the end, your money and your power will not be saved, and it shall not save you. In the end, you will pay. And that day's coming closer. And Mr. Jugmeet Singh, you need to buck up. Stop supporting this terrible, terrible government. It's doing no help to the NDP. The NDP right now know that they're going to be slaughtered. And they know that they're up against uh, a lot of people who don't like them either. They have been complicit in holding up this liberals. You've actually lost a lot of NDPers. You know what we need? We need freedom in this country. And it's very unfortunate because now we see Pierre Polyev actually going against Christine Anderson. Christine Anderson, who spoke for the Canadians who needed freedom from Germany, while you, sir, were silent. Christine Anderson was speaking and speaking to our prime minister. What are you doing? You're showing up at events with him. You're all in support of this war against Ukraine, which, by the way, we love the Ukrainian people, but that pathetic leader is some kind of fake, some kind of fake guy, just like our prime minister. And when you find the conservatives and the liberals on the same page with Ukraine that persecutes Christians, by the way, has had heinous acts and is, is literally calling, they are warmongers. They are calling for World War III. Does he care? No, his people are getting slaughtered because of his actions. Why did Putin and Ukraine get in this mess? Because actions were taken against Putin's warnings. I don't stand for Putin. I don't think Putin's a nice guy. He's probably watching too. Hello, Mr. Putin. Uh, we don't like some of the things that you've done. However, all right. However, he did not want this war. The way, the, the, the word of God is very clear. If you want to appease your enemy, you stand down, you have a, a, a position of peace. You do not engage in actions that are going to inspire war. You do not incite your enemy. You are supposed to love your enemy. That is the best recourse. When in fact you must go to war, it needs to be a holy war that is started not by yourself, but by others. Every time that someone has come against me in war, they lose because God's on my side, at least in the times in my life when I was ensuring he was on my side. I've had a few moments in my life where I was not doing all that I should be doing. Thank God for the sins of our youth being wiped away forever. However, when we know what's right and we want to stand on the right side of history, we do not inspire our enemy. Uh, the word in Proverbs actually even says to bring a gift quickly to your enemy so that you can take care of things, right? Sometimes you can't do that. But 
but Mr. Zelensky, President Zelensky could. He and his hoodie could have been a lot more diplomatic in what's happening. So now he sees that a lot of his young men, they're going to die in this war. There's going to be more death. Does he care if North America and Canada is being inspired into sending our troops, into sending our funds and our war equipment? No, he does not care because he does not care about us. He doesn't even care to put on a suit when a dignitary from another land visits. He is quite a player. He's a hooligan, and he's acted like a hooligan. And he played a president in his former acting days and wore high heels. I think that's weird. I'm not on his side. I'm on the side of peace. We need to find peace. We don't need World War III. We don't need our young men and our country paying any kind of price for this nonsense, not at all. So Walmart in Ontario is installing very interesting technology um, in their stores. Have you seen this? Uh, here's a video of a guy uh, sort of outing what, what he's finding. Walmart, Rockland, Ontario. Look what they're installing. Look what they're installing on the... The sensors are in, fellas. Yeah, sensors are in. This, sec this section here... There's no doors. They've just installed doors. And they have sensors everywhere. Look. See? Sensors going right there. That's where it's going. Check, I'll show you the... There. See? There's a beep-boop machine. No beep-boop, no door. Don't do beep-boop, door don't open. Most people don't know what's coming. So sometimes we get videos from uh, people, you know, we're on the watch, you know, sort of underground, uh, the conspiracy theorists and all of that, and we kind of go, well, no, we're not going to play that. But this one we thought, what is going on? You know, we would love it if Walmart would let everybody know if there's some kind of reason that all this weird technology Thing. He says, no beboop, no food, you know, like, uh, we've been told that this social credit system is coming and that perhaps they're going to have ways. We want the, uh, our government wants the digital ID. Digital ID is going to be tied to everything, your money, your banking, your, your medical insurance, um, all, all of that. So if they don't like you, oh, you spoke too loudly. You're a hater. You don't like the drag queens. So maybe you don't get to buy peas anymore. I don't know. I mean, what's happening, right? Well, hey, we're going to figure it all out. We're just on the watch, keeping an eye on you, see what happens. Um, okay. Ken Burns. Uh, oh no, we did that one. Okay. I also want to say that Tucker Carlson, we probably don't have this one, JT, but I had um, forwarded one regarding the lies of CNN, NBC, MSNBC, all putting out that a police officer died on the day of the January 6th, uh, the, the day, the, uh, the, festive, the festivities that went on. And, um, and no, the officer did not die. In fact, he was a very pro-Trump officer. Uh, he later had a heart attack is what happened. He had something going on, and, but he did not die. He was not hit with, and it was proven to be a complete fallacy. How many of you heard that a police officer was bludgeoned to death with a fire, 
um, a fire extinguisher. So uh, go on a search for Tucker Carlson speaking on the police officer who died, and you will find that. In fact, we should try to get it, do a highlight on that this week. Um, video, this is what can happen when cycling beside parked cars and beside moving traffic. We just want to do a community service, let you know. You shouldn't do that. Oh, just horrible. So fast. So the cyclist is, oh, be careful, everyone. I mean, oh, dear. So he looks okay. I pray that that man, you know, he's driving along, the, <laughs> the car door goes out. He's literally in a moment. You know, we have no idea when our time is, do we? We have no idea when the Lord calls us home. In a day, you get up, you're having a normal day, you brush your teeth, you know, you read the word, you got your cup of coffee, you have an egg, you head out. Yeah, it's your day. I, I just want to be ready. I want to know that I'm ready. Do you know that you're ready? I want to know I'm ready for eternity. I'm very ready today. Whatever happens, however it happens, I'm ready. And I have complete peace in God. And I have complete trust with the timing that the Lord has in my life and in my family and loved ones' lives. Researchers claim unvaccinated be maybe more likely to develop type 2 diabetes. So what is this saying? I'm going to pull this up for myself to read this. Um, what's it saying, JT? So if you're unvaccinated, you are more likely to get... Yeah, so let me read this. So... Well, then we all got to run out and get the shot, I guess. Um, so this is people who are not vaccinated against COVID may be at a higher risk of diabetes, a study suggests. Researchers claim it could be because an unjabbed, because unjabbed people have a more severe reaction to the virus, which triggers inflammation and may interfere with blood sugar regulation. Experts at Cedars-Sinai in Los Angeles, California, looked at nearly 24,000 patients hospitalized with COVID between 2020 and 2022 and sorted them by vaccination status. They found that 2.7% of those who were not inoculated developed new diagnosis of diabetes in the months or years after clearing the illness compared to 1% among those who got the shots. Now, these are really tiny shots, right? I mean, what do you think about this, JT? You got a comment on this? Dr. Alan Kwan, a cardiologist who led the study, said these results suggest that COVID vaccination prior to infection may provide a protective effect against diabetes risk. What? For the one or the 2% that in some study seem to have gotten diabetes. Like this is uh, in the study published today in JAMA Network Open. Researchers looked at COVID patients sent to the Cedars-Sinai health systems. You know, I don't even know why we're going over this. What a bunch of bunk, the one or 2%, whatever. Oh my goodness. Yeah, don't go get you. Oh, you know what? I might have a 1.2% chance of getting diabetes. Well, hey, maybe cut down on your, your Coke, right? Like, stop drinking so much pop, right? All right. Um, we're almost at the end here. The number of people um, admitted to hospitals with shingles has doubled over the past few years. Now, I have a personal story about this because my mom got shingles after she kept getting those, those uh, flu shots, right? This is before COVID. She got the flu shot. She never did get the COVID shot. Shingles are caused by the chickenpox virus to the body when the person becomes immunosuppressed. 
So this is a, a very interesting thing that is coming out. Um, and so maybe, well, maybe you shouldn't get the, the shot then because you might get shingles. But if you get the shot, you might not, you, yeah, you might not get diabetes. So uh, let's, I'm still going to choose. Maybe shingles is really painful. So I'm going to say not getting the shot. Not now, not ever, no boosters. Thank you for recommending that we don't get boosters. Canada, really appreciate that. That has definitely caused it. Now, I think, did I lose? No? Okay. The number of people admitted, uh, oh, I did that one. Pathologist Arnie Burkhardt. Now, I love this guy. Check out this video discussing very disturbing findings of mRNA spike proteins from the mRNA shots. If I were a woman in a fertile age, I would not plan a motherhood from a man who has been vaccinated. So I have not covered a topic like this. What he's saying is, listen very carefully to this next video clip. If you're planning on having babies, choose well. And you might want to choose someone who has not been vaccinated. Listen to this. It shows that actually we could confirm that the spike protein is produced in the deltoid muscles where the vaccine is, is uh, uh, administered, injected. But we could show it in almost all organs, more or less uh, explicitly. And here you see a case uh, where we show the testes. And uh, you, you can see that uh, in this 28-year-old man who had a healthy son, uh, and who died 140 days after injection, the spike protein is strongly expressed in the uh, uh, spermatogenic uh, organ in the testes. And you can see there are almost no spermatocytes in here, but uh, and, uh, it's strongly expression of uh, uh, spike protein in the spermatogenic tissue. So, uh, uh, also in elder persons, this is an old man, and you can see here's also a strong expression in the sper spermatogonia. There's no, uh, not one single spermatozoan in this, uh, and a strong expression of the spike protein. So if I may make a personal comment, uh, this is not a scientific comment, uh, if I were a woman in fertile age, I would not plan a motherhood from a person, from a man who has been vaccinated, unless, I think these pictures are very disturbing, very disturbing for me. Well, I can't add anything to that except that we have to be able to judge for ourselves who's speaking the truth and who's hiding information. And clearly the world has gone into hiding information and this is very significant. Now, for those of you who don't want to send, you know, you maybe you have a loved one who's thinking about having a child or maybe dating someone or, um, you know, there's some issues. Um, so they're going through that lifetime where they might be thinking about having a baby. Now, you don't want to send them my whole show because, you know, I've been through it all. And you're like, wow, I don't want to be called a transphobe because of all the other stuff that you covered. Well, just go to our Flipboard. So under in the description, uh, hopefully of Rumble, right? The description is there. Uh, if you're on Odyssey or whatever, I don't know if they get the same descriptions. They do. 
and on Twitter. I don't know if they, they probably don't get all the same descriptions because on Twitter, uh, you, uh, we have limited amount of um, data that we can put there to describe the show. So you can go to our show resources. That is listed on Rumble, and you can just send someone that you love that needs to have this information. You can send them that particular clip. Everything we've covered here today is on our Flipboard, and it's called Show Resources, right? And you just click on that, and JT has everything there for you. You can thank us in heaven. It's, we're doing our part for you. This information, this is not our information. This is the key leading doctors in the world giving us knowledge so that we might not perish. Let's be, um, let's be vigilant and keep on sharing the information. Go, to, go there, find a clip, send it to someone who's not a believer, who is not awakened yet, show them the information. And then go to laurelin.tv and, uh, and help us to keep doing what we're doing. Thank you so much for that. Um, okay, so this is cool. There's going to be a bill that's being passed. I believe, is it this in the state, JT? HB 645, um, it would fine. It's in Montana. Now, this is an important bill, and I think we need to have something like this in Canada. HB 645 would fine vaxxed people or people suffering long COVID $500 for knowingly donating tainted blood as well as donation centers that receive it. So... Very important. House Bill 645 would make it illegal to donate or accept blood from COVID vaccinated individuals. I don't know about you, but if I'm going to get a blood transfusion, uh, I want to make sure that I am getting blood from safe blood. That is our new war on the medical uh, system. Um, we do not want our loved ones um, injected and blood put in from a... An, vaccinated person when they have stood strong. The Dutch government is now planning um, to alter the Dutch Embryo Act. And how are they going to be altering this? Well, take a look at this. Uh, let me just see what you have there, JT. So uh, our government is paving the way to Sickening embryonic experimentation in the name of the science. It's, it's needless to say. So this uh, writer of this substack is Eva. I cannot even begin to say her last name there, but God bless her. It's needless to say that I distrust my government. Anybody who has ever seen any of my interviews or has heard me speak on the dozens of violations of the rules of law will know all about this. Well, two days ago, she was a guest at Dutch YouTube channel Okay, uh, and where is that? Oh, down, lifting the... I know, this thing keeps popping up on my screen. All right, I got to wait for a minute. Number one. Lifting the ban on the creation of embryos for purposes other than the creation of a pregnancy. And number two, changing the definition of embryo, taking into account the development in the field of embryo like structures, ELS, and allowing for two types of experimental human-animal combinations that currently fall outside the scope of the embryo. Um, and in other words, our cabinet wants to legalize creating an embryo for purely... You know when you change that right when I'm reading it, hon? Okay. No, I can't open my other one there. Okay. Um, our cabinet wants to legalize creating an... 
embryo for purely scientific purposes, a.k.a. they want to make it legal to create life outside of the womb, keep it alive for the sole purpose of experimenting with it, and then killing it again after 28 days. And with that, the life they want to be able to conduct animal-human crossovers and experiments. You bunch of sick puppies, leave humanity alone. Stop it. They've already been doing these kinds of weird experimentations where you can see like, like a human crossed with something. Oh, the world's just gone mad, right? Final thing, Kelsey Grammer talks about uh, the Jesus Revolution movie on live with Kelly and Ryan on the Kelly and Ryan show. Take a look. You're tearing up. <laughs> I see you getting emotional. <laughs> what, are, what are you feeling? <laughs> can I play doctor? Uh, yes, of course. Um, I, I, I love this movie. Yeah. I really love it. And when, my, when we first saw the first cut, uh, we sat down in our home and, and Kate saw it. She said, oh my God, it's the best thing I've ever done. She started crying. <laughs> but uh, he's, uh, he's a man looking for his own faith and finds it as well. Uh, a man whose church is empty and he can't get uh, traction and he's starting to think he's going to be fired from his job as a pastor, and uh, uh, this hippie comes into his life, and he finds a new purpose, and uh, started a movement that is still still going. So I mean, it's extraordinary. Story. Yeah, it's a true story. Chuck Smith, Chuck Smith is uh, the guy I play. He died in uh, 2014, I think. But uh, the number of people who came up uh, and said, oh, you're playing Chuck Smith. Oh, I, I listen to him all the time, or uh, and I say, uh, He's, uh, he, mar he married us, or uh, I was baptized by Chuck Smith. Uh, you can see this light in her eyes. And... Wow. You know, after I saw Jesus uh, Revolution in the movies, and I recommend that you get out with your family any night that you can to see Jesus Revolution. Take your teenagers, take your kids, make it a, a family time. Um, uh, Kelsey Grammer was so anointed. Why? Because you can see his heart there, can't you? He is a powerful Christian man. Uh, he says he is unapologetic about his faith in Jesus Christ and the difference that God has made in his life. And his performance in the movie is so moving. I mean, I just, that, that movie was, it revolutionized my life. It, it was just so beautiful. And we can see what telling true stories about how Jesus has impacted our world, what it can do. When people do movies like this, can I encourage you, spend some money. Go get, go to that movie. And if you do, can't afford the popcorn and the pop, no problem. You know, sneak in a little bit of nuts or something like that. <laughs> okay. But just go see the movie and take a loved one. Take someone who's searching because... This brings together the true story. And now, you know, maybe they're looking at doing, I, they need to do a whole bunch. And I pray that Kelsey Grammer finds the glory of the latter days of his life even better than the former. Uh, what I've just so enjoyed him in, you know, shows like Cheers and Frasier, especially Frasier. My husband and I, we really like Frasier. Totally godless show. I'm not recommending it. But um, we just think it's very funny. Very, very funny. And uh Watched, uh, watched the series, you know, from... Actually, we're just near the end now, right? We kind of have been doing that. So we like to have a little bit of fun after all the work that we do. Uh, sometimes Frazier has been the fun, but Kelsey Grammer, what a guy. You know, um, when I think about how purpose impacts our lives, like 
Do you know that before this movie came out, he was sitting there and he was saying, God, I just want to have purpose. I want to, I want to leave an impact on this planet before I go. And he was in tears before God. And the very next day landed the script for Jesus' revolution in, uh, in his life, you know, on his desk. And so he, he has, oh, he has contributed and he's a great man. And we all need to find that place. Laurelin.tv, that's where you can find me. All of our shows are always there. We have had a huge audience today. Um, Shane over on the side kind of tells us what our numbers are, how many people are watching. We've had a huge, huge audience. We've given you lots of information. Remember, you can go to the Flipboard. Um, if you'd be so kind as to share, you know, who I am, what I do, what this show is all about, that'd be cool. You think somebody might kind of like a, a funny blonde girl who, you know, tries to get through an hour and a bit of information and has some great guests, let them know about the show. Perhaps it'll change your life. I met a lady this weekend, downtown Vancouver, who said that, um, that I had uh, brought light to her husband. He, she had always kind of had a sense of what was happening, but he hadn't. So she just kept getting him to watch my show and other shows that were, you know, giving the truth. And her husband is now firmly on solid ground. Sometimes the only, you know, the only thing between us and being really stable in what knowledge and truth is, is just more information. Without knowledge, the people perish. So we don't want anyone to perish. So I sit here every day having a blast. Have you had fun today, JT? You had a good time? Yeah, you're pleased about how everything went, mostly? Yeah, he's a bit of a perfectionist, kind of a quiet guy. Yeah, he kind of went like that. He doesn't know if we had all of the, the marks that we try to hit. But um, he's still going to be staying married to me, and so that's a pretty cool thing. We're going to spend the rest of our lives fighting evil <laughs> on the planet. Please help us do it. Um, we appreciate it very much. Go to laurelin.tv. There's a donation button. You can make a difference, and I ask you to do that. I want to read to you today from Psalm 65 and leave you with a positive word of who God is, his commitment to you, and his commitment to me. And this is a serious time, a lot of crisis, a lot of harm. Um, the attack of the enemy is being exponentially increased. But where sin does abound, how much more the grace of God. That's what the word says. Psalm 65 says, praise awaits you, our God, in Zion. To you, our vows will be fulfilled. You who answer prayer, to you, all people will come. I had the privilege of hearing Sid Roth this weekend, and he said something. He said, I think it's too late for politics. Now, I don't want to believe that. I want to believe God's going to do something. But when we don't have one politician elected in Canada who will present a bill to protect life, an anti-abortion bill in our parliament to protect life. And that's across all the parties. You tell me how we incur the favor of God by just switching the party in position, in rulership. Yeah, so we get rid of Trudeau and we put in the conservatives. They are pro-transgender, they are pro-abortion, they are pro-war, 
at this time. They are pro the climate nonsense. That's the conservative party. So when Sid says, I don't know if politics is the answer, I kind of agree, unless the people will begin to vote in a righteous ruler. Think about that. Who might that be? You who answer prayer, to you the people will come. When we were overwhelmed by sins, you forgave our transgressions. I'm going to underline that so that my kids one day know what I thought was important. Blessed are those you choose and bring near to live in your courts. Listen to that. Can I say that again? Blessed are those you choose, O God, to live near in your courts. Do you know what I want so much? I want God to choose me. Choose me, God. Let me be the difference in my world. Let me be a difference in my community. Let me speak so that when I am gone, they will, they will say she was there. She didn't, she didn't disregard sin. She wasn't quiet in the face of iniquity. She spoke. May you speak, sir. God's calling you to speak. Ladies and gentlemen, you have had your heart beating because you want to be making a difference and you have found yourself to be a coward. It's not too late. Let it change today. Because we know in Revelations that you know who the biggest category, the number one category that finds its way to hell? It is the cowards. We will not be those people. We will be those who are blessed to be chosen to be in the courts of God so that we might speak his righteousness. I've loved being here with you. Thank you. Thank you for being here with me. See you tomorrow. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing, but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.